What is going on with Jack Crusher? Shaw calls Starfleet and we get a reunion 30 years in the making. The changing threat deepens. And to top it off, a Vulcan gangsta? All this and more coming up on my spoiler review of Star Trek Picard, Episode 35, Imposters. Coming up now. Greetings, nerds. This is Will Polk, producer of the Senior Nerd Podcast with our host, Sarah Belmont. Thank you for joining me today. As I mentioned at the outset, we'll be reviewing Star Trek Picard, Episode 35, Imposters. This episode was written by Cindy Appel and directed by Dan Luke. This is a spoiler review. So if you haven't watched the episode, stop now and then watch it and then come back and watch my review. But if you don't care to be spoiled, then continue to watch. But in either case, please leave a comment while we're going through this. Also hit that like button and subscribe to our channel if you're really enjoying this show or main shows that we do on the podcast. So with that, let's get into the story. So overall, I thought this was a really good story, a really great start to the second half of the season. And when we first get to the start this episode, we first start off with Jack Crusher on the bridge of the Titan. And Jack is in the um, having one of his visions. And in the process of having one of those visions, he kills the, the bridge crew. Now, a couple points here. One, this could be a flash ahead, or it could be just something that's going on in his head. But take note that he is wearing a Starfleet uniform, which comes in, into play later in the story. We then move to Riker and Picard and, and Seven and Shaw in Shaw's conference room. They're having a discussion about how the changelings were able to get onto the Titan and Riker notes that generally the changelings only took the outward appearance of an individual, but clearly something was going on that now they are also able to evade the stepped up measures that Starfleet has undertaken as a result of the war, that being blood screenings and other protocols. And so uh, Seven figures that out as well. Uh, during the conversation, Riker transfers the command back to Shaw Shaw uh, immediately turns to Seven with one in his first act and, and asks her if she wants to be reinstated or uninstated. And, of course, Seven chooses to be reinstated as his first officer. And then Shaw, before he leaves the room, steps out and says, um, I'm going to give you guys the courtesy of getting your bullshit story together. That being how the crew of the uh, Enterprise Parker and Picard in particular uh, were able to commandeer the Titan under false pretenses. And uh, I have to say, Todd Stashwood is killing it this season. He's, he's definitely like the MVP guest star like Anson Mount was in the second season of Star Trek Discovery. So we now move to the next part of the story where uh, Beverly and the Titan's doctor are in the sick bay doing an autopsy uh, on the changeling that was Killed by Seven when Seven figured out that uh, this, this changeling uh, was not crashed before from how Shaw had mentioned earlier that changelings may, can take the outward appearance, but details about a person's life and other things they don't always know, which comes in which comes into play later in this episode as well. So we, we see that here. Uh, had a great 
funny moment with uh, Crash LaForge when Beverly started doing the autopsy and seeing the blood coming out of the of the changeling uh, with her retching and makes it clear why she's in command and not uh, in the sciences division. But, um, you know, as that as that all transpires, uh, we, we do get word that Starfleet has arrived. Uh, Picard asks Seven to do a favor for him, which is uh, we don't know at the time, but then we, we cut to a scene where, where uh, Seven gives Jack a, a duffel bag and in there has that uniform that I had noted earlier in the, in the episode. Uh, as the as the uh, Picard, Riker, and Shaw get the turbo lift to greet whoever is coming from the beautiful shot of the Dunder Stat class starship USS Intrepid, uh, Riker leans over and is like, you know, we've saved the galaxy more than a few times. And hopefully they'll remember that in reference to their punishment. And then Shaw, again, just blows them up and just like, look, oh, yeah, yeah, they could do that. Or, you know, you go from hero to zero really fast, especially when you have hot landed the Enterprise D on Viridian 3. You, Picard broke the prime directive by having hooking up with a Baku. And then, of course, the whole time paradox from All Good Things, the season the series finale for the next generation where they had, had the time. And so it was a very, very funny moment. Yes, it was indeed a lot of fan service, but it was still a very funny, very funny moment. Uh, we then see who comes over via shuttlecraft from the USS Intrepid, which is, again, a very important story beat. And uh, when the when the door opens, we and we see the look on Riker and Picard's face when they realize that it is Rolaren. And we have not seen Rolaren since season seven preemptive strike when she had betrayed John Luke and the crew of the Enterprise. And get and, and joining the Maquis, which the Maquis was a splinter group of uh, Federation citizens who lived in the, in the Cardassian demilitarized zone uh, after the Bajoran Cardassian War. So Seven um, is off doing her thing, uh, and then uh, we see Roe and Picard and Riker go to the conference room. They have a session of. Uh, to figure out what's going on with Roe and why she's here. And, and she tells them that they, they are suspected of treason. And, um, you know, we did, we get some exposition back and forth as far as filling in casual fans, non-fans, and even reminding long-time fans of what went down with, with Seven and, and her backstory as far as, you know, being court-martialed before, coming on the Enterprise, becoming an integral part. In only eight episodes that Michelle Forbes appeared as Rowan. But we, we, we heard about that. And then uh, the uh, writer, of course, seems to have gotten over her leaving him on the shuttle at the end of Preemptive Strike. Picard is still clearly, clearly very pissed. And Riker leaves the room. Uh, Savannah Picard go back and forth. Seb- uh, Roe, excuse me, goes back and forth with Picard, and during that that during that discussion, uh, Roe notes that um, they she wants to speak to Jack, and, and Picard, of course, continues to be very evasive about Jack, and they, they go round and round and round. You notice that her earring, her Bajorian earring, is, is no longer no longer present, and that was a very critical point that uh, Roe had back in the day with uh, her service on the Enterprise. So they go 
Picard gets a message from Beverly uh, that his medical results are done. And then we get this message that changelings can pass the blood test capabilities beyond superficial trust. No one. And we Beverly figures that out whenever she is to take looking at the internal organs of that changeling. And it finally did after pushing did revert back to its gelatinous state, which normally that that is how um, whenever a changeling does die, that's typically what happens. It goes back to the gelatinous state. And then a lot of times it just will go into dust or dirt. I agree with DS9, but this message really ties back into some of the things we saw at the beginning of, of the ep- of the season. So uh, right Picard and, and Ro end up in the holodeck and they have a, a real heart to heart moment for why um, it really went down between their relationship. They were a mentor, mentee, uh, Picard was clearly very, very wounded by Rose betrayal, and in the, in the process of that discussion, I, I really have to say that I really think uh, it, you know reminded me a lot of some of the things with Cisco and Editon when they had that uh, that their discussions on DS Nine as far as when when Edington betrayed Starfleet and went to go join the Maquis and and Roe had some of those similar sentiments as far as trusting institutions and and how the Federation is not all great. Uh, ever she was explaining herself to Picard, uh, but ultimately uh, they you know again we get back to the earring. Uh, they do talk. Uh, you know, Picard points out about the earring, and ultimately they you know, they uh, do. In their heart to heart, and again, getting back to how changelings can't understand the, they don't know the intimate details of the person they've taken over. In the process of Picard and Roe having their heart to heart discussion, they both realized that though they were who they say they were. And so that was uh, a really, really big point. But the other big thing that we learned here is that Starfleet has been compromised up to its highest levels all throughout. I mean, we, and we've seen this happen before in, in, in Star Trek where Starfleet's been compromised by the changelings. When we think about DS9, when, whenever uh, they were for them, people died and led to all kinds of chaos with uh, and then also uh, here we learned that uh, seven that excuse me Roe had um, learned something was possibly going to go down on, on, on Federation on uh, Frontier Day, and also that uh, the uh, her contacts uh, have have not been able to get in touch with them. And she, you know, we, we learned that she has a couple of those assets, two assets. And, you know, immediately at that point when we had those two assets, definitely realized that it was Worf and Rafi who were working on her behalf on, on Metallus to find out what's going on. So um, they uh, have a final moment there. Uh, Roe goes back to uh, goes Prepares to go back to the Intrepid. As she's leaving, she gives Picard, uh, you know, she hands Picard something. We later learn that that is a, a Bajoran earring. And, and, and I don't know if this is a prop issue or, or, or not, but 
you know, when you look at the earring closely, it's not the one that she actually wore uh, in Next Generation, but uh, it looks like it's closer to Kira Norris's uh, earring. So I don't know if that is anything about maybe Major Colonel Kira showing up or uh, we'll see. But that was just a really just a little nit that I that I noticed there. But uh, Ro goes back to the Intrepid on the shuttle. Uh, when the, whenever she is transported, realize that the, the two security officers change the changelings. It's at a bomb on the ship, and Ro has to make the ultimate sacrifice, uh, as you know, of course, to um, save the the Titan from the changeling threat. And I have mixed feelings, quite frankly, uh, about this. I mean, it was a very touching scene. And I have to say, whenever she and Picard did have that final moment over the, over the comms about figuring out each other and understand, finally understanding one another and where they were coming from, it was a, it was a very moving moment, I have to say. Uh, you know, I did get a lump in my throat, especially when the shuttle slammed into the nacelle. But... My nip about it, on the other hand, is a character we haven't seen in 30 years, and then they they kill them off. And and narratively, I understand why they did it, but at the same time, it was kind of a hard point to, to watch as well. So just just a little just a little nip there. But you know, from that uh, situation, we get an amazing shot of the Intrepid rising up over the Titan, a la. Uh, they rely it and and the enterprise and and the wrath of of Khan uh, and it's a beautiful beautiful shot and then we see the the Titan ready to uh, get attacked by the Intrepid. Uh, Shaw's on the bridge has a moment of indecision as far as you know what to do. Picard and Riker are both like, "Take him out, take him out. We let's get let's let's get out of here." Shaw is still him and hawing about it, but then when when Roe makes that ultimate sacrifice, Riker's like, "Look, use your eyes, Captain. See what's going on here." And Shaw finally does get it and takes the ship to warp whenever it was able to to uh, to escape from the Intrepid. So we we end with Picard and Riker learning what was uh, what uh, was on the earring and you really Picard didn't understand it but Riker like earlier in the season when Beverly sent Picard a message Riker again figures out what's going on and realizes that it was a that it was a data chip in the earring they loaded up and we we see all the infiltration from the uh, that Roe was doing in, in her investigation and really gets to the core of like what Beverly said, uh, you know, trust no one. And, and also how all this, the A story that is going on with our crew on the Titan ties into the B story with Rafi and Worf back on Metallus Prime. They were uh, on the, on the, the Rafi ship and of course having their uh, sparring sessions which the sparring sessions were really going to come in hand, you know, we'll really pick up here in a moment. But uh, during during that time, uh, they realized that um, Sneed had an accomplice on still on, on, on Metallus Prime, and they had to go back in District Six to find that accomplice. And it turns out we learned that it's uh, uh, someone named Kren. But well, a nice little little Easter egg moment here. 
uh, whenever they, they discovered uh, the, that it was Kryn, we see three, um, and then there's another screen of another character, uh, three other people, Mourn of Loria, which Mourn, all fans know, is from Deep Space Nine. He, you know, where he, he's a, he, he's always a fixture at Quark's bar. Uh, also, we see Brunt of the FCA, uh, Jeffrey Coombs' character from um, Deep Space Nine as well, uh, who was a Thorn and Quark side. Um, and then Thaddeus O'Connor, who was uh, in, in the second episode, second season of Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, we uh, see that he is on this list. But he is also uh, he was also recently in Star Trek Prodigy, and uh, he was a character who was a little lovable rogue. And a little interesting trivia note: uh, William uh, Billy Campbell, who was uh, who plays that character, uh, was almost cast as Riker. But uh, so we get that nice little little moment there. But we go to District 6, and the reason why they needed to get uh, Kren is they needed to break into Daystrom Station. And Kren has the abilities of being able to, uh, he has the, his forte is to get into high security places. So Worf and Rafi go in, become the alphas of District 6. Uh, they do later encounter Kren, and we get a great performance by the gangsta Balkan. Kirk Acevedo plays Kren masterfully, and he is like is you know some actors are just just perfect for certain parts, and he nails he he nails it here. He has the cool the coolness that he would bring to, that brings to this character, but also the logic of being the OG of a of a gangster. So really enjoyed Kren. Uh, he figures out that uh, Rafi. He saw the hollow emitter and figured out that Rafi was indeed a hologram. So he was like, nah, I, I, you know, Worf, you may think you got me, dog, but I got you. And so, uh, of course, uh, Rafi was up in the upper upper parts of the district. Kren's people find her, get down to the to the base there. And then they have, uh, you know, Kren basically has Worf and, and Rafi uh, fight to the death. And they took wagers on it. Rafi, uh, you know, the fight that they had before and the, all the philosophical differences between Worf and, and Rafi come into play here. But Rafi's able to best Worf. And, and you know, of course, you know, you know he, Worf, before the fight, has the, the classic Klingon line, today is a good day to die, Rafi let off. And, um, it, you know, and so, but we, when Rafi, Worf does get mortally injured and, uh, and he, uh, he supposedly dies there, but then uh, of course, I mean, we all know Worf wasn't Worf was not going to go out that way. They're not going to do it like that. So, of course, he does come back. They they, t- they overtake Kren. Uh, great funny moments there. He's like, "I'm bleeding out here. Give me the stuff I need to know now." Kren's like, "That is logical," and shares the information about Daystrom Station. Uh, then we uh, we end uh, the show uh, with the Worf and Rafi story with uh, going back to. Riker and Titan on the Picard as they just discovered the things that was on the uh, the, the majority net uh, Roe gave to, to Picard. Learn that it was indeed the uh, the uh, you know get an incoming transmission and the two stories are beautifully linked together now. Roe's two assets, meaning Worf and Ravi, now are you know we get a reunion with Picard and Picard and Riker. Which will lead us to the you know next part of the um, 
story in the second half of, of this season. So uh, great moments there. Uh, where all the principal characters are start starting to come uh, come on online. The only person we haven't seen yet, as far as the principal characters uh, to this to this point, is uh, Jordy LaForge. But uh, we'll now move to the last part of what I was going to cover today, and that's uh, Jack Crusher and what's going, what the heck is going on with him. So we, you know, we we see these red eyes. Um, there's been a lot of theories about what this is about, but uh, a couple quick notes about his story. Uh, he, you know, he's been hearing the voices, uh, having these visions uh, of, you know, and, and the voices in the back of the head. And this episode is very clear that it's Beverly Crusher who is telling him to find me, connect us, hear me. Uh, we have a moment where he is uh, with the transporter chief, and he uh, he. Uh, Here's these voices again, and I'm, I'm, you know, get into this in my theory section here in a second. But one of the things that was very interesting was whenever he got the vision got triggered, it was the word "hear me," and and the that's when you know things sort of went where where Jack executed that guy, um, and then you know he got snapped back out of it and, and realized that he was back. Uh, but as we see, uh, Seven tells Jack to, to wear a Starfleet uniform because he, uh, you know, it was going to help blend him in with the rest of the crew because uh, they, they are they, they know Vodic is after him and uh, and, and and during the interrogation with Picard, Roe also uh, made a point that she was was wanting to know what is up with Jack Crusher. And that was a big part of her investigation into what was going on with the Titan. So we, uh, you know, we get, we get that moment. And then uh, as we get later in the story, uh, as uh, Roe leaves the, leaves the Titan, uh, we get the situation with uh, Jack Crusher. And, um, you know, we, we see the, the, the changelings leave, uh, change over, um, and then we get row shuttle back to to the Titan. They, they they change, and then we get two more changelings. And then Jack sees what's going on, gets into activation mode. This time he he willingly did it for whatever reason. He could recognize the changelings. We'll still get to that here in a second with the theories. But he takes out the four changelings, and um, and then we we end with him and Beverly um, at the end of the episode, and. The you know she wants to know what's going on with him and how did he figure out that he that these were were changelings and 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 he was like I don't know I'm not doing well and she's like look you know I could tell when you're not doing well you're not sleeping your eyes roll back you know there's just a bunch of things you know things that a mother would know about their child and so you, we have to wonder what's going on there uh, with uh, with Jack um, and 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 the uh, episode ends with him you know. I, says, I don't know what's going on, but he says, I don't either. And he just ends it with the episode it that saying that I think there's something wrong with me. And then we fade to black. So that was the, that was the, uh, this episode and, and, in, in a nutshell, many, many things going on here. It's a great kickoff to the start of, uh, the second half of the season. Uh, before we, before we close out, I did want to go back to the, um, what is going on with the with Jack and the the eyes and and you know, there's been a lot of theories going on. Of course, last week I theorized it was 
possibly the Red Angel. I definitely think that's off the table now. Uh, really gets into, I think, one of three, you know, there's been the theory that because of the red eyes, it could be the Pirates from Deep Space Nine, which, you know, of course, now we got Roe coming back and we see Kira's ring and earring and, and other things. There, there are some parts that maybe it could be the Pirates and, and maybe he was on Pajor and got and, and down to the fire case and somehow uh, unleashed them again. He was corrupted because we do know that Jack and Beverly were you know, going um, on a lot of missions where uh, they uh, were doing medical uh, rescue and those types of things. Hadn't been any dialogue that I could think of that would put on Bajor, but that's, that's a possibility to have some validity too. And the behavior that he is reminiscent of someone who has been uh, possessed by the power race. We saw that with Jake Sisko and, of course, most most famously, Goldacott. Um, but uh, one other thing with another theory is that, you know, with how the season has unfolded is that Jackie is a changeling and, you know, and things that have happened throughout the season tie to that. For example, uh, we now learn that changelings have evolved to the place where they can replicate, impersonate someone to the, to the place where they, they can evade blood screenings because they can even do internal organs. So there's that. There's the point that at the very beginning of the season uh, on Beverly's ship, we had Picard's log entries being played. Now, we learned from Shaw that, you know, it's easy to slip up changelings, you know, with personal details. So the theory that support this, you know, so, so hearing Picard's log entries supports that theory that maybe Jack is, is indeed a changeling because he, uh, you know, there, those log entries, personal log entries were being played. So maybe he was learning, you know, he had somewhere along the line, the original Jack Crusher got replaced and uh, the, the changeling now is one in his spot. He was trying to learn as much about Picard as possible so that he could pass any type of questioning and, and come across as the real deal, not only with Picard, but also with, with Beverly as well. And we've seen this in Star Trek before when Julian Bashir was, was um, taken by, by the Dominion um, and, and, and replaced on DS9 for months. And they had, there were none the wiser that uh, a changeling was within the principal crew of DS9. So that was, you know, so that's definitely a place where uh, it could, it could be, could go. Uh, and, 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 Maybe Jack is a sleeper agent because whenever he did encounter those four changelings, uh, they like they were, were trying to get him to come back. So, uh, but it could be a sleeper agent, you know. And also uh, with that, you know, he could be a sleeper agent for the changelings because you know the, the, those three words. Maybe he was conditioned to hear, hear me, connect me, um, hear us. You know, with you know with Beverly's words, maybe they they use Beverly as the as the uh, voice in his head to help trick, you know, be the one that, that, you know, since he is his mother, you know, use those nurturing things to, to maybe use that to make it, uh, you know, trigger words. The other theory I had was maybe he's not a changeling. Maybe he's, maybe he's section 31 and they, and he's the agent for section 31. That was the conditioning. Maybe they did to have him be their, their, their changeling detector. Uh, as we know, uh, Starfleet intelligence you know, there's that agency, and then Section 31 is like the next level as far as Starfleet intelligence. And, and Roe and Worf 
uh, seem to be maybe Section 31 or, or maybe a deep part of Starfleet intelligence, but they, you know, maybe that was why Roe wanted him back, you know, to try to get him to learn, you know, figure out what he did. So, you know, that's, that's part of it. Also, Section 31 has had dealings with the Changeling before. In DS9, they were the ones who, who put the, the virus into Odo that went back and, and poisoned the Great Link. So uh, it could be that, you know, that was the, um, the things that um, Section 31 is doing here as well. Uh, and the last theory I thought was maybe Jack was Augment. Uh, that was, you know, with the way he was fighting and those types of things. Uh, it, you know, maybe, maybe he has some Augment as well. But those were the things that I was out there for Jack. Let me know what your thoughts are as far as who do you think Jack Crusher is. As far as other things, as far as theories, I think maybe Moriarty is probably going to be the AI there at Days from Station. Um, and then we still have Lore out there, and there's, I would love to hear your thoughts on what's going on with how Lore is going to show up. But closing thoughts, this was a great start to the second act of the season. Can't wait to see what they do and what twists and turns to take us on next. So with that, be sure to subscribe to us here on YouTube. Also like and comment this on this video. You can also follow us wherever you get your podcast by going to www.seniorpodcast.com. Live long and prosper.